Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast. This is episode 14 with Craig Patty Patterson. Listen up. So, uh, you know, they want to know who you are. Like, yeah. hey, oh. All right, guys, this is Mike Manning from the Underground Playground Podcast. I'm here with my partner, Stephen Bowser. And we have a special guest today, Craig Patterson, otherwise known as Patty, a.k.a. Moose Cockerson. Longtime gym owner, longtime friend. Uh, he is CEO of the Mad Lab Group. Uh, we're going to bring him on in just one second. Stephen, are you there? Yes. What's going on? This is Steve Bowser. Uh, I'm out at a playground gym down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, my co-host, buddy, Mike Manning, we were uh, bringing, we were talking about bringing on some interesting guests, and Patty was definitely one of the ones that we wanted to bring in in the lineup. I'm really interested in hearing what Patty has to say. Uh, I want to hear his background and his start with what CrossFit and what he thinks about CrossFit and, you know, how he has a, uh, his, his business set up to help with uh, gym owners kind of uh, take it to the next level, or if you're having some issues with business, Patty's the guy uh, that can help out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I met, I met Patty in, uh, 2009 after that uh the affiliate gathering video that kind of went viral and uh so i gave him a call and uh he's been instrumental in me staying in business for 10 years for sure um so what we want to do now is bring patty on patty are you there hey buddy how are you all right yeah we can hear you i start knocking on the table getting excited just let me know are you out of canadia where you are you you yeah, we're up in uh, sunny East Vancouver, where uh, you know the average person makes seventy-two thousand. Average household makes seventy-two thousand a year, and the average house costs one point four million. Like a shithole <laughs> costs one point two, right? So, yeah, we've been uh, invaded with foreign money. So that's uh, you know that's an issue um, that we've been been dealing with up here. But anyway, still love the place. I took the, I spent the winter in an RV actually. Uh, Stephen, me and my wife and my – well, he was about 11 months when we left. Spent the winter in an RV driving around the western U.S. and visiting our gyms and people that work for me and stuff. So it's good to be back. Uh, one piece of advice, if anybody, if you're thinking about getting in an RV, don't have a <laughs> child and do not have a fucking job. <laughs> if you got a job, uh, it's not like I wasn't working. I was working harder than ever. It's, uh, it's tough to do in a box with a shitter and a kitchen and – an angry wife and a bawling kid. So don't yeah, get into an RV unless you're retired, bro. I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you about Everybody that. did. Everybody did. <laughs> you was, didn't listen. Dude, I was getting in that thing, and it was like a foot of snow, and my little boy's looking at me. There was no power or heat or nothing in the thing. Everything was fucked up with it. Oh, and my little boy's looking at me going, like, what's going on? It was like, you know, you knew you're, you know you're making a mistake right in the middle of it, and you can't stop it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I just I have to bite it. So Kind of yeah. like, like signing your first affiliate agreement. When did you <laughs> – when did you – you were one of the uh, uh, definitely OGs. You were probably like the fifth or sixth gym. Yeah, man. My, my affiliate agreement had a 25-mile radius of protection. Oh. No way. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's probably only about – oh, shit. Probably less than 20 of those in the world. Yes, um, so. Is it yeah. still in effect? No. We – I'm saying, like, this. if anybody still has that, would it still be enforceable? I, I don't know. I think they've made everybody change it. And, you know, yeah. who knew how it was going to – I mean, we knew we had something by the balls. I mean, I'd, I'd basically sold my engineering firm. I'd worked my balls off for, like, three years for nothing. And then we went from zero to $3 million. 
uh, in a consulting engineering firm I had. And then, you know, my partner, he wanted it and I didn't have any money. So I had to pretty much roll over. And then I don't know I found CrossFit. I was just basically one day I was, <laughs> I was actually, it all happened at the same time. Yeah. My girlfriend, I found out she had a boyfriend. I was dating this girl in Prague, right? She had a boyfriend uh, <laughs> who came back from Prague, showed up on my door. Um, I basically got, had my, my company had ripped away or, you know, we had a, me and my partner had some severe disagreements, whatever. So I had no job after I'd worked my ass off, no girlfriend. And I was in this house, um, partying and it was, we were getting evicted. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's got a funny story about how they found CrossFit and that, but anyway, I was beside myself. I was absolutely fucking distraught, Stephen. And, um, my friends came and grabbed me and said, you come coming to Whistler. We're going to, you know, we're going to mess you up. You're going to forget about this. Anyway, we were up there and it was, you know, we were camping in the trees and, and someone, you know, basically slipped me a pill of ecstasy, slipped me, I don't know, nice. I don't know how voluntary or involuntary it was, but uh, the next thing you know, we're in the sweat lodge with a bunch of these kids, like uh, they built their own tent sweat lodge and uh, I had to get out of there. You know, you imagine being high in a sweat lodge, not ideal, right? So anyway, I got out and this guy was pulling on this shirt with Pukey the Clown on it. <laughs> you remember Pukey? Yeah. Right? And I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, oh, dude, it's crazy. Rings, ropes. It's, uh, you know, you got to check it out. Anyway, I started doing it. And I was, you know, this is 2004. And um, ended up going to Seattle. It was the only one affiliate in the world, Dave Werner, who, you know, he just shut down uh, this year. It was kind of sad. Yeah, Dave, yeah, yeah. Dave went into business. Um, and then Greg was up there. And me and Greg met each other and just hit it off. We sat, first time I met him, we sat and talked for seven hours straight. Uh, went to lunch and then had drinks and then he invited me down for a cert. And that's, that's kind of how it all started Cool. 14 years ago. Yeah. That's uh, your, your gym is I've been to your gym um, and uh, you guys moved a few times. So I know you, you know, the same thing that all these owners are, you know, always having hurdles with this zoning and all that nonsense and stuff. But uh, what really grabbed my attention uh, in, uh, in about 09, so, so that was about 04 when you did it, but uh, 09 you went to that affiliate gathering and then you put that video out and you stood up there and you basically told people that you're making, uh, your gym was grossing $40,000 a month, which blew motherfucking minds. Like people couldn't even comprehend that kind of money then. So how, how, did, you, how did you figure that out? How did you put the business in the business? Well, it's, it's interesting. i tell you, we're 14, we just finished our 14th year and, and nearly everybody I know from those days has gone out of business or sold or just got out of it. There's hardly anybody left, like, you know, from, yeah. you know, if they're left, they're in the Mad Lab group. Well, you look at the top 20 affiliates, uh, they're either, you know, sort of a, just a figurehead or a mom and pop show, even the top 50, or they're in our group. Like, right. everybody's kind of dwindled off. And I, I really attribute that to our, to the business model that we use. And, you know, um, we we did we always did things differently because we came along so early. It was so early in the game that there wasn't a business model. I mean, when I started, Greg was still doing personal training and he was in his garage and you know he was basically combining all these one-on-one personal personal clients into sort of a group, right? Because they were all well trained. They all knew each other. They're all like there. He knew them. He had that relationship, so he could put three or four or five people into a group and make more money and less time. And they actually got along and you have to compete. And that was sort of the start of, you know, CrossFit and Greg started writing, you know, you know, what is fitness in 2001? Still awesome. I mean, yeah, if the training protocol is for the thing is absolutely awesome, you know, but the business model that people out there are using, 
is not. And, you know, and Greg recognized that. We recognized that early on. So, I mean, I started off, Greg was my mentor and he was awesome. And he just taught me to be a personal trainer. So I did a one-on-one with everybody. And I mentioned coming out of 15 years of engineering and all of a sudden I'm in a, you know, I got kicked out of every gym and, you know, that rite of passage. And now I'm doing one-on-one personal training in this personal training studio. And then when they got good, you know, I'd say, Hey, you, Tommy, do you know, uh, or Hallie, do you know Charlie, you know what I mean? And put them together. And then I had some small groups and everybody came in and did 10 or 15 sessions of personal training. And, you know, I started off at five bucks an hour, you know? Yeah. And I remember I raising my rates to 10 bucks and I lost half my clients. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But, you know, within six months I had, uh, you know, I'd probably seven or $8,000 in gross revenue and shit. I was only paying the gym five bucks a head. Like, you know, it was, it was, I was doing unbelievable. It was like, I was pretty happy really. And, you know, and then, uh, all the personal trainers got together and they wanted me out of that place because, well, we were loud and noisy and shirts off. And, but mostly, you know, the guys that were on the, it was the BOSU bowl days and, you know, all that stuff back then. And, uh, everybody wanted to do our stuff. So people were coming up to me and I'd be like, you know, that's an awkward thing to take a guy you work with, take his client. And, uh, you know, it was happening more and more. So anyway, I got, had to leave. <clears throat> we opened up the gym in uh, May, 2005. And, you know, I didn't have the confidence then, Mike, to, to really go on my own. And I'd got a settlement for my engineering days, but by the time I paid off all the debts that I had and paid the taxes, you know, I probably had $50,000 left which was, you know, not a bad start, but you right. can pile through that in a fucking hurry. You know? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I went and got partners, and one guy was a doctor, and the other guy was a business guy, and they're good friends, and they're still good friends. And, you know, they came up with their ideas to run it. And, you know, it's pretty much the same model that's out there now. Like, okay, we're going to hire some kids. We'll put them through a level one cert. You know, we're going to hire two hot girls or whatever, or two pretty girls. So they went got two, two girls that really were untrained, gave them a level one cert, we opened the doors and threw people straight into class, or I think they had a three-day on-ramp and this kind of thing. So, I mean, when I started the gym, I brought about 30, 35 of my clients in that all done personal training or just a group with me. I had like zero churn at this point. Nobody was going anywhere. I was charging $200 a month for that, for that service, you know? So yeah. then we opened the doors. I throw those 30 people in. We have like 100 people come through in the next six months, right? We lose mm-hmm. all of them. And, you know, the whole experiment, which is people are still doing today, like they're doing a group on ramp and paying coaches by the hour. And that thing just churns. It's, you know, I've looked at 1200 gyms now, Mike, and and it churns. It's like 70% of the people are gone in nine months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that was, uh, that was one of the things that I was dealing with. And when I saw it, you know, that video and I, and I called you on the phone, uh, one of the very first things uh, that we talked about was, you know, how do we, how do we get people to, you know, to stay and how do we coach them? Because the, you know, the, when we first opened our doors, it was like, Hey, come on, come all, we'll teach you every movement we need to do depending on whatever the workout is today. And we'll just go after it. And then that worked until it didn't. And so I gave you a call. And, and the first thing you told me was, look, dude, you, you, you need to do one-on-ones with these people first, right? Get to know them, build some kind of a relationship with them. Um, and before you put them into a group class. So that's where I started. Was that something you've just figured out or did somebody tell you to do that? No, I mean, well, I mean, it started off with, you know, Greg was doing personal training. He taught me how to be a personal trainer, the, the CrossFit model that most gyms use today, which is just no model really. It's, it's kind of like what yoga has done. It's kind of like Pilates. It's kind of like aerobics. It's very similar to aerobics, right? So, I mean, 
when I was doing the personal training, they stuck around. And then when I opened this up and did a group on ramp and did all this, you know, bring a friend day free week or free month, they just churned. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at, at that point I'm like, well, we're $73,000 in debt and we're fucked here. You know, it was scary where I was like six, nine months into having my own gym and the only people were left were the 30 people that I brought over. They were still there, right? So it was just obvious to you, okay, what's, what's working here and what's not? And wasn't so, this around, this was like around the same time that uh, Rob, Rob and Nikki yeah. were doing their on-ramp thing, right? Well, I started, they were just putting people straight into classes. And then I started talking to Rob about the personal training and the small group. And then, you know, Rob came up with the on, Ron came, Rob, Rob came up with his on-ramp thing. And I said, you know, you destroy the community with that thing. And he's, he's publicly taken it back on his podcast <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, Patty or whatever, but it was still an upgrade. It was an upgrade from putting people straight into a group class. You know what I mean? At least you had some quality control. At least you had some starting stuff, but it missed all the key elements, which is a one-on-one relationship, right? I mean, that takes, that's everything. You need to be able to properly analyze that one person, right? And, you know, after looking at 1,200 of these gyms, um, it's, it's a law. It's like Mad Lab's first and second law. One, you got to do by appointment, uh, one-on-one. If you, you know, so, I mean, Mike, everybody was gone. I had to get rid of my partner. So, Instead of them buying me out, they had to pay me eight grand to leave, you know, because we had spent yeah. so much bad money. And so I said, you're allowed to leave if you each give me eight grand, you know, and, and to yeah. their credit, they did it. And we're still friends like fucking Andrew Krein. And, you know, he's in Southern California working for uh, Siemens and crushing it, you know, and, and uh, he's like fucking vice president of the Western, you know, and that was my job. But that was probably where I was going in life. You know what I mean? So I'm like you're making $300,000 a year uh, and I'm gymming, you know, so it's like yeah. whatever. Anyway, so. I got them out. I fired everybody and I started over with my, my uh, 30 clients and I just basically had five classes a week. And then anybody knew that came in, I just knew I couldn't lose them. I just, there, no one knew what CrossFit was. We didn't have a sign. We didn't have a website. We didn't have shit. It was just me, right? It was yeah. just me alone in this box. And there were no affiliates at all to speak of. I mean, uh, Dave Werner's business basically walked in, you couldn't figure out what was going on. There was nobody to pay. There was no classes. There was no personal training. It was just come on in and go crazy on the rings. Yeah. And stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it was like back then. Oh yeah. So I started all over with personal training and uh, I built it back up to 50, 60 people, added some classes. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty close to my, my threshold, you know, of how many clients I could take. And my threshold probably was about 70 clients in a hybrid membership. So, you know, that what's a what's a hybrid what's a hybrid membership pattern so you know i would make sure that you see them one-on-one too right so it's not just a group a group class is is a nice complement to the whole thing because there's camaraderie and there's community and you know it's fun and there's some competition but it's it's just one part of the gym you know so i'd see them one-on-one every month or two months or sometimes even three months and say okay what's going on with you and we do this is what's going on in my life. My wife left me or if I can, you know, I want to get better at golf or whatever it is. And then we'd set up a plan or a program for them in conjunction with group class. You know what I mean? Stuff they could work yeah. on their own stuff that we'd actually put into our programming in the group class. Right. And um, so I kept that one-on-one relationship and, you know, in, in Vancouver now, the average membership we sell is 305 bucks. Uh-huh. And it's the group class plus one meeting every six weeks with their coach. So that average client value just soars and the churn rate plummets. Right. So that's the high, that's the hybrid then is yeah. what you're talking. So like yeah. it's a, so hybrid then is a mix of group classes and personal training with a, with your coach. Right. Is there, is there different levels of that? In other words, is there like a hybrid membership where they actually do like a one-on-one 
once a week. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like the platinum. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's even, we even have people that stay on personal training all the time. Depends on what the client wants and what the coach wants and what, what works and what makes sense. Yeah. And then we have specialty programs. If they want to run a marathon here, here's your thing over here. You know, if you want to lose a bunch of weight or whatever, here's the whole life challenge over there. Andy Petranik's thing, you know, um, well, OPEX is, OPEX is doing that with their uh, individual program design. Yeah. You know, um, um, James Fitzgerald is there. And it's kind of catching on in the, uh, in the gym owner world. And uh, I mean, there, you, you have some definite um, thoughts on this and why that model works, don't you? Well, I mean, I really respect James. It's a, what he's doing is such a step forward for everybody compared to the Group X model that's out there. And I think, I think it can work. Now, James knows probably more about coaching, knows more about physical movement than I do. I, there's no doubt. The business model and, and how it should work for the, I mean, some, a little while ago, one of these marketing guys, I don't know, they're copying us or whatever, they put the, it's got to work for the coach, the client, and the owner. Well, I can show that our model is going to work way better for the coach, right? And he's trying to develop professional coaches. But um, if you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, then you're, you're in one-on-one. -on -one. You're in individual design. You're working with people one-on-one. -on -one. I, I really do think, there's a huge value there in combining it with group. It's my coaches, I mean, my coaches, five of them this year made over average of about 80,000, 75 to 80,000 amongst the group. I got one guy over a hundred thousand in the OPT model at hundred thousand, you know, that I'm not sure how that would work, but you also be working with one-on-one -on -one with people all the time. Like I love the group part. Like one of the greatest things of, of CrossFit was the group part. It's just, yeah. the coaches can't be paid by the hour and you have to do, Lots of one-on-one -on -one around the group, and the the coaches got to learn how to sell, retain, earn. But you know, I, I respect what, what what James is doing over there. And but as far as for community and dollars per coach hour and coach pay and um, client retention, like how long are you stay in individual design for if you're just a regular guy working at a you know working at a desk? You know, I think what he does is. Uh... <laughs> With his OPEX model is he'll do initial assessment um, and then once he gets through depending on everybody's different obviously it could be 10 sessions could be 20 could be 50 once he gets through that then what he'll do is do a um, customized program for that individual where they just come into the gym and they train yeah. and then there's a individual in that gym all the time not necessarily as a coach running a class, but someone there that if somebody needs some help, they're there to help them. If they have a question on how do I do floor press or how do I do hip thrust, et cetera, et cetera. So they're more or less just getting the programming at that, at that point. And uh, they, they weekly go through what they did and make any adjustments. So it's actually a pretty cool model. It's just, just like there's so many different ways of doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, the think about it. If you're a coach though, right. I mean, how many hours are there in the day? And this is where Greg Glassman started. And then Patty alluded to it earlier, you know, at some point, how many one-on-ones can you do as a coach every day? Right. And then how many group classes can you do? And so there becomes a time money value thing. I know, uh, well, Patty, you put, uh, you wrote an article, I think it was in breaking muscle or something like that, where you talked about, you know, combining, personal training right. and group classes. And then some of the data that was used from one of the uh, gym software companies was used in that right. article. And then um, Russell, the Russell's on their website kind of just attacked you. Yeah. About well, I mean, data. if we go back to what the James thing is, Hey man, I respect what they're doing. I get it. Um, 
the, the reason why, I mean, I think that is born out of a, a competition mentality or a training a high-end athlete. And if you're doing that, I could see how that could probably be the best way. If you're interested in, in having the lowest churn possible and affecting the most amount of people, right, that community aspect is, is huge. I mean, Stephen, we had 300 clients, 297 or 3, 315. It's, it's amazing at a Zen planner to try and figure out exactly the number. But between the year, we went between 296 and, and 316. But we know we only lost 16 people. Yeah. That's a churn rate of less than 5%. I'll put well, that, that number up against anybody's system. Yeah. You know, what anybody's doing any day of the week. It's a that was the big churn rate. Yeah, that was the big argument because nobody, everybody else running the group exercise model couldn't fucking believe it. That that you yeah, know, people that don't you, believe it. they don't believe it, and it caused a lot of you know, caused a lot of drama. Like people just don't. Oh, that's not possible. I can't. Yeah, do it I that mean, way. people want to argue with the data and the facts and the stats. I mean, we looked at sixteen hundred gyms, and and they churned like seventy fucking percent. So right. what is churn, Patty? Because I know that that's a term that people say, but I don't know. If you got a hundred people, know if so I, I got a hundred people standing in front of me right now. So say you're in your gym. I got a hundred people standing in front of me right now. How many out of those hundred are left a year from now? Okay, that's your churn rate. So if you lose okay. fifty, that's a fifty percent churn rate, right? Okay. And I'm telling you, in 2015, from the data that they showed me, and we went over it for a year, it was a seventy percent churn rate. You for, know, for what the, the average CrossFit gym that was well, I mean, the average or, functional fitness affiliate, whatever. Like, Zen Planet has more than just CrossFit gyms. So. Yeah, I mean, they, it's the same thing for Pilates. It's the very, very same thing for yoga. I mean, we work with fifteen yoga studios out of Dallas, and these guys right. are smart. Yeah, you got two MBAs running the company, and they're looking at every way that they can stop their churn rate and increase average client value. I mean, if you want to, like, right now out there in the world, if you want to look at two things you should be focused on. It's not more members. If I only had 20 more members, I'd be fine. If I had 50 more members, I'd be fine. You know, it doesn't matter how many more members you get under that model. It doesn't really work, you know? So then people start chasing leads. Like, how do I get more leads? And then, and then they make decisions like Groupon and ClassPass and this, this fire 50 people in here for a five-week challenge. That's, all, that's always going to increase your churn and lower your average client value. If you want to be successful, raise your average client value. They're paying you a lot of money. And lower your churn. They're not. They're not leaving. So anyway, back to these yoga guys. I mean, it's been two years we've been consulting to them. And you know, Mike, our our systems were pretty fucking clumsy seven years ago, and five years ago, and three years ago. And we're getting better and better and teaching people, but we're not really set up for yoga instructors to look at a bunch of guys doing functional fitness and think it applies to them. But they're doing it. Like their churn rate is plummeting. Their coaches, their coaches or whatever, their yoga people are in there doing three personal training sessions, five personal, as they gain more confidence to doing more personal training. Can you imagine go to yoga studio and they go, okay, me and you're going to work one-on-one -on -one yoga for 10 sessions. Right. Nobody's doing it out there because they're all using the old model. Everybody's stuck in that old model. Right. And it just churns. And it, it, it churns for curves the same way it would churn for fucking Pilates or CrossFit or whatever. It's, it's this group, it's group mentality of a high volume game and it just churns. It just churns. So it, I guess, Stephen, if I had to make one statement, <clears throat> small independent gym owner out there, right? Small to medium-sized independent gym owner there, can't win with that model. How are you going to win with that model in competing against Gold's offering CrossFit classes and they got going to have better facilities and bathrooms and all that stuff, and they can afford churn. They can afford a huge marketing budget, and that is their game. They, they, if they can bring people in, sign them up to a year contract at $50, a month and just offer a CrossFit class as a one-off to get them to sign up for that year. They don't care about churn, right? Right. And if you look, if you really look at this thing, if you look at it for 14 years, like I've been looking at it, who wins with that model?
right? I mean, there's gyms opening and then they get burnt out in four years, close in five to seven years, and, and the cycle goes on. You know, even look at Soul Cycle right now. Like guys down here, $85 a square foot, and they're, doing, they're just pumping through people through his classes. How long does that last? And who's going to make the money from it? You think that guy that rented that space and is buying all, bought a franchise agreement and bought all those bikes and is running people through and paying $85 a square foot is going to, where does he end up five years from now? Mike, yeah. where does that guy end up five years from now? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's out of business. He's right? out of business. Or he's, burnt, or, he's burnt, or he's burned out and the <laughs> franchise made all the money. I mean, you know, you see it. What I, I just think, you know, from the other end of the spectrum, though, the client, what are they seeing? And, you know, what is, uh, what is fitness marketing telling them that they need? And why aren't we doing a better job of, you know, kind of explaining to people that it's valuable to work with a coach? I, you know, that's, I think, ultimately, it's the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the marketing companies are entrenched to, to, to win on volume. If you look at what Class Blast does or Groupon or even these five-week challenges and stuff, I mean, look at some of these challenges. I don't want to name any of them. There's a whole bunch of them. But essentially, the gym's sitting there. We're doing the Group X thing. We've probably been doing some kind of an on-ramp where it's 12 sessions for 300 bucks, And, you know, we do five on one. And we pay the coach by the hour. We try and send them somehow. And then, you know, basically, they need leads. They just need leads because that model churns. So then they go, what am I going to do? And then these guys come along and say, hey, I can get you 50 leads, Um you know, we're going to charge them 300. I take 160. You take 140. Go, right? Who's exactly the model? Who's making all the fucking money, right? right? And then the well, gym, that, they churn yeah. through that, and then they got to start over again. You know. Yeah. I know, Stephen. You guys, uh, you know, you work with some companies, and I have too. Um, and that, you know, that's kind of the entrenched business now. Is is like that's the the bottom line is where everybody's chasing more members. And, you know, that was, that's the big joke, right? Patty is, uh, you know, when you meet another gym owner or somebody comes into your gym, what do they ask you? How many members do you have? And, yeah. and what, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the game, the game that we, I play it and I can, I, the numbers don't lie. I can tell you, I mean, I've been working on Mad Lab Root now for a solid four years. I have a great GM. I've got great coaches and I train them all hand to hand every day, every coach, I talk to every day. I met with, I have a one-on-one -on -one official meeting with them every week. I meet with the coaches every week. And I've had a, a, a performance review with apprentices every month to get them to where they're self-sufficient, you know? And I mean, the model is they got to, they do 20 personal training sessions minimum. They have their one coach. That's the coach for life. The coach gets paid on that member and not by the class or the hour or anything. They get paid on what works. Hi. Yeah. Hi, what Mike? Uh, high retention. Yep. And the and second, high, and the second one is low. Well, low churn. High, well, high, high dollar average client value and low exactly. churn. Yeah, baby. So, guys, it's this simple. Is this decision you're making raising your average client value and reducing your churn? If it's not, <clears throat> you should have serious reservations about doing that, and that will guide you in the right direction. So, I mean, our model is is coach centric. It's coach for life. And this year, we just wrapped up the books. Have I told you the numbers, our numbers this year? For who? For, for uh, CrossFit Vancouver, Mad Lab School of Fitness here. I'm still ahead. a CrossFit affiliate. Uh, Mad Lab I mean, because this is what started the whole thing. That's why you're yeah. on here, because you came on to the affiliate gathering, and it was videoed, and you right. told the numbers. So let's Yeah, so, I mean, now, this year, we just wrapped up FY 2017. 
And I haven't got the final numbers because we're still waiting for some payment and delinquents and bullshit to, to actually put into the year. And I got to pay my coaches still, but um, I mean, this is within one or 2%. So we're like 820, $825,000. Um, the net um, positive cash flow with people, you know, mistake for profit or whatever was a little over 20%. It was like 163,000. So, I mean, I'm working on a Mad Lab group. There's 163,000 that's coming in to net positive cash flow, right? And I got five coaches that are full time and, and you know, it's, it's I wouldn't, I, they wouldn't come on here and say it's easy, but they would, they would come on and say, I wouldn't be in the fitness industry. It wasn't for this model. They're averaging over all averaging. Like I think they average around 75,000. Look at them as a group. I got one guy that over a hundred, right? Yeah. Like Tom, remember, I don't know if you ever met Tom, but Tom was like the most reluctant guy. I said the, yeah. He's at the, uh, you know, he, he did the sales training with Greg Mack. He followed all the processes. Next thing you know, the guy, uh, you know, I'm cutting checks for seven, 8,000. I cut one check for 12,000 for that guy this month. Well, what I, I mean, so like, you're going to have a, a lot of people listening to this going who own gyms or whatever. Just like, that's not possible. Yeah, people don't believe um, me. Right. And, but, and so part of the disbelief is that they know that right down the street from them, they have another gym that's not running any kind of business model such as this. And, they're charging $59 a month or $99 a month right around the corner from you. And, and so, you know, sitting here wondering, you know, in my mind as a gym owner, I'm like, well, okay, I have competition. I don't know if it's competition, but uh, there are people that are doing functional fitness for way less money. We have a lot of gym owners that are not, you know, they're not expecting to get paid. They say they do it for the love of it and all that kind of thing. How do we, as gym owners, how do we, kind of work through that whole scenario. Well, know? I think you got to really be confident in what your message is. What is your message of value? I know in Vancouver, nobody can compete with us. You know, first of all, we're in an international school and, you know, I can get, you know, student loans and all that stuff. So it kind of stands us apart. We're in a part of right. Vancouver that is unique and uh, that kind of thing. But I know my, my value proposition and my message of value, nobody can do it in my town. And that is, I got coaches that have been here for 10 years that make a professional wage. Um, and that's your coach. So coach for life, hybrid memberships, a lot of one-on-one -on -one individual attention and coaches that have been for 10 years. You know what I mean? I got three guys that are over 11 years uh, doing this with me. And you wonder, I mean, I, I wonder how long they can do it for, but I mean, if they're making 80,000, uh, 90,000 a year without being burnt out, that's the, that's the trick, right? So, Nobody else can compete with me on that. And that's why that's the story I tell. And I, I mean, I did that with the CrossFit name for a long time. And, and a lot of our clients in Mad Lab are CrossFit. And we just teach them, like, listen, just tell your story. You want to come in and do a bunch of personal training. You want to have your own coach. Yeah, a hybrid thing is a really good, but, you know, we'll figure out what, what you should be. Maybe you want to do a marathon. That's, you know, we got a maintenance thing for you once a week to come in and do with us. Like, it just, you can't jam everybody into that group class and expect that to work. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, just doesn't. Well, that's one of the things that, you know, back in uh, uh, the day with Greg Glassman, he talked about, um, you know, that whole concept of building relationships and taking one-on-one -on -one clients and turning yeah. them into, you know, group clients and stuff. And I think when, the, when CrossFit hit the internet, um, I remember the message boards and, you know, the whole thing was how much do you charge per class? And like, it was $120, right? And... So everybody's got that stuck in their head. That was 13 years ago, okay? Well, I mean, $120 a month. I think if you look at the progression of how that model got entrenched in the, in the community, I, mean, I think CrossFit is awesome and the movements are awesome and they're timeless. And 
what is fitness and CrossFit foundations are timeless. Yes. Change the paradigm forever. And that's what I fell in love with. And I still in love with it. No doubt. Right. You look at the thing as it went, like Greg was my mentor. I do all the personal training stuff and everything I learned from him. Um, you fast forward around 2007. This was before that affiliate. Like when I went up and spoke about my results in 2008, you probably watched it in 2009, but that whole process started in 2007. Right. So they got together. Andy Petranik had uh, his business partner. Uh, CrossFit LA. Yeah. So CrossFit LA, Andy Petranik, who's you know now a Mad Lab member, which is an interesting story. But him and him and uh, I think it was John Birch. You know, they John came in from a I think it was a martial arts background, and they were going to bring a business model. So he was, he was had a business model. And then the Sons guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, man, uh, that guy. Uh, Steven knows who he is, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, what was it? Hard exercise Matt, works. Matt, yeah, Matt. Matt Hunt, yeah. Matt Hunt, yeah. So, you know, Greg was people bringing people in to try on business models. Because, yeah. you know, when they, when, they, when they went away from being sort of like a franchise and they went away from, you know, my 25-mile my radius got, got cut, they realized they couldn't give out business model advice because that would be a franchise, right? So they had to sort of outsource that. And um, so how it, how it went down was they, they brought in the top 50 affiliates in the world and we sat around you know, on a, one of these calls and it shook down to the top 15 and then we had to show our numbers. <laughs> you should have seen the top 15 then. This was 2007, right? So the top 15, guys were bringing in $3,000 a month and they were in the top 15. Yeah. You know, and like, it was crazy. When I showed my numbers at that time, it was like thirty or $40,000 a month. And the next closest was Andy. It was at about eleven in Los Angeles. Right? And he was charging like $300. That was his thing back then. It was like, holy shit, he's charging $300 a yeah. month. Yeah, his, yeah, his bronze, silver, and gold. So our bronzes, you see your coach once every two weeks. Sorry, once every two months. Silver is once a month or once every six weeks, and then gold or platinum is once a month. Back then, their bronze, silver, gold is you come to one class a week, two classes a week, yeah. or three classes a week, and yeah. platinum is you get an unlimited membership. So that, that was kind of, you know, anyway, so let me shake this down. So we got on these calls and we started sharing numbers. You had to actually share a fucking uh, a spreadsheet that had your number on it, and if it didn't look right, you know, if an accountant hadn't done it, or a bookkeeper at least, you were sniffed yeah. out. Right. So after everybody shared their numbers, like people were embarrassed when they when they, they saw, you know, so they didn't, it, it came down to five people. It was like, I think Jeremy Thiel's on it, myself, Andy Petranik, Dave Picardi, um, Skip Chase, and maybe Eric LeClaire. I'm not, I can't remember. Anyways, so I mean, everybody, all those guys, I mean, I think Jeremy's still doing okay. He's a tough kid. He's got a lot of energy, but pretty much everybody else is, I mean, Dave, Dave's in the Mad Lab group and you know, Andy Petranik is now in the Mad Lab group. But anyway, as it shook out, I mean, my numbers were dwarfing everybody's. We ended up at $50,000 a month. It wasn't 40, Mike. In 2008, I got to, we were at $50,000 a month, you know. Okay. And that was me, Sheppy, and T-Bear producing right. and a couple of part-time coaches. So, I mean, right. I was bringing in 20 grand myself, right, just right. for my clients. And, and, and T-Bear was probably at 15, you know, or 10, and Sheppy was at 7 or something like this, you know. And we had Andy Natsu went off the war and got killed and stuff. But anyway, when we were going through this, we were, I was describing how we're doing it, which is basically Mad Lab's eight laws today. I mean, there's a few things that we've improved upon, but it's essentially the same thing. And that was like 10 years ago. And, you know, Andy would show his results and they weren't nearly as good. And it's like, nobody listened. It was like, everybody was trying to go off and be the business guy for CrossFit. Right. right. And um, so when we, when I, when I did that video, it was 2008 Phil Fest in Vegas. I went and spoke and I didn't even, you know, if I look back at that video, I didn't even mention how the coaches were paid or I didn't even really realize what a real report. But anyway, it went viral. And next thing you know, I had 100 people calling me to figure out 
how to run the business. And you were one of those guys, right? right. Yeah. 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 You, uh, you actually, you had this vision in your head that because I was from Florida and I was some young, uh, you told me this, I was some young, uh, blonde haired, long haired freaking kid or whatever. And here I am some freaking grizzly old bastard ex Marine, you know, dude, I had a vision in my head of about six foot four, long blonde hair and lean and like, looked like, uh, looked like Flash Gordon or something. Then when I first met you, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> He's about five, eight, two ten, And it looks like a cannonball, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, you know, it, when you think th that was like the, the old school, you know, where affiliate owners talk to each other in person, right. Or at least yeah. you knew who these people were and uh, you know, the message board and everything was out there. And that's, I think that's where the business model came from is that, you know, people, Oh, I'm charging $120 a month. And now you got guys who are like that really bit, Oh my God, how am I going to ask people for $120 right. a month? So, this is crazy. So now we're, now we're getting into sales and people, Oh, I don't want to do sales, but yet this is a core concept of running a business is that everybody's yeah. a salesperson, right? Yeah. And sales is just enrollment. You're just, you're trying, if you can't enroll someone in your ability to change their life, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? You're just hiding. You're not going to change anybody's life. But anyway, come back to that story because I hadn't thought of that in quite a while. So 2009, that thing goes out right at the same time. So I'm on the phone with people like just like crazy. I can't be in my gym. I have no way of scaling this thing. I've got so I'm, I'm just trying to tell people how to do it on the phone. You know, and my, yeah. my girlfriend at the time is like, dude, just take a voice. I hear you doing the same thing over and over all day. Just take a voice recording, put it by the phone. At least you can go take a piss. <laughs> So, so that, that was, so that the, start was the first. Of it was the start of Mad Lab Group. Really, it was. Yeah. Anyway, then tragedy struck me. Struck me, which was turned out to be a blessing. But the city came down and tried to shut me down because you couldn't weren't allowed to have a fitness center in these industrial areas. And it took two years and three months to turn everything into an accredited school. So I went underground. Like I had no time. I told everybody. I said, "Listen, guys, just try and do a lot of personal training. Don't pay your coaches by the hour." And you know combine the group with personal. I mean, that that's, if you can, if people can at least start there, it's going to make a huge difference. So right then I remember, dude, I, I remember when I was in the middle of that embroiled with the city and Greg, Greg was helping me out. Even Dave Castro. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they mean, they wrote a thing that I was a school and, you know, I had like 230 reference letters from everybody from the military to UBC to the RCMP. And anyway, I ended up at everything we were doing I had to turn into a curriculum. So the coach development was now J1, J2, SA1, SA2. I had a professor from uh, SFU come in and fucking write the whole curriculum. It took me two years and three months. It cost me like a hundred grand, which is the start of our coach development program. You know what I mean? And that's a certified government entity. You can get the student loans with it. But anyway, right around that time, Greg calls me up and you know they were kind of bringing in Reebok and you know Greg was out in the garage having a smoke and he's like, uh, Patty, you know I got John and, and Andy here and you know, I don't hate him as much as I used to. And, you you know, I was like, dude, I got nothing for you. I got no bandwidth. I, I know my model crushes, but I don't know how I can help you. So. So he uh, was, he was looking for a business model for. Yeah, I think so. I think he was looking for business model help, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, the sons guy <coughs> got washed out pretty quick. Something wrong. Yeah, happened he, got there. Lost. he got sued because he was basically selling, selling franchises. He right. Was, Selling CrossFit as a franchise to a bunch of people, and then apparently he was making a lot of promises that he wasn't keeping. So they uh, they went after him, and they actually beat. They actually supposedly won. I, I know a couple people personal that were involved with it. Yeah, I don't know much about it. Actually, a lot of guys didn't like Matt. I actually I respected I like Matt. For, I, if like you're, I like the guy. He's sharp, man. If you're going to run Group X, a Group X model, he's got to figure it out better than anybody in the planet, as far as I can see. 
And he's come to my, he's come to my things and go, well, you know, Patty, I got my model pretty well honed and I pay my coaches a salary and I'm, I'm great at marketing and I'll, I'll handle the churn and I just keep on doing what I'm doing. But I mean, he's a marketing, he's a marketing genius and he got their own brand. And, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, I, w- I was, from what I've learned from talking to a bunch of these guys, that it's about an 8% profit after you're done with everything. That's about each location. Um, for all these guys that are sort of franchises around functional fitness, but not really CrossFit. So, I mean, you're putting a lot, that's a lot of fucking juice, you, a lot of infrastructure you need to put in, in that place. But anyway, Mike, to go back to it, that's kind of how the model came in is, you know, they started selling the biz and fast forward seven years and Andy Petranik who started the biz became a, a Mad Lab member gym. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. the, the thing that, the thing just churns people, putting people straight into a group class and paying coach by the hour and stuff. It's just, you're just going to have a lot of churn. So it's a, it's a field day for the marketing guys more than anything. Right. Yeah. Do I sound like an absolute madman here? Cause you know, it, it, no. it frustrates yes. me that the world's still doing this. You know what I mean? Like well, small independent gym owners, guys, we got to get smarter. You know, we just have well, to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, one of the comments that I made uh, previously was, you know, the people that are making the most money on this are the ancillary businesses around the gym business. And, you know, the, the typical gym owner is, you know, Hey, how do I get more yeah. members? Or they're hiring somebody to help them with this, or, you know, you're getting some kind of new uh, software program or whatever. So where do you think we're going with this whole thing? Well, I mean, I talked to the breaking muscle guys quite a bit. Omid's really smart. He's, he's, he wants to see independent gym owners start to take, start to become independent. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the word independent is, you know, you need to be able to get your own leads. You need to be able to, you need to be able to retain clients. You need to be able to have a high client, high average client value. And I just, I mean, how many, how many guys do you know from five years ago, seven years, 10 years ago that were, were great guys, they were strong dudes and they were running this, this churn model and they're not around anymore. Like when, when are we going to stop doing it? You know what I mean? It just seems like, even like the business consultants out there that are supposed to be CrossFit business consultants or functional fitness business consultants, they're still working inside that model. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, some of them are just plain marketers. They're, they're, they don't know anything about really the business. They're just marketers. And, and other ones know more about the business and are actually legitimately helping business owners, but in, inside the fucking failed model. You know what I mean? Like I want to upend this model on its head and, and teach people that there's a better way. And it's not easy. This is not the easiest way. This is the hardest way. But when you get through it, you are independent. Like, I don't rely on anybody, and my coaches don't have to rely on anybody. We were, you know, we get our own referrals, we get our own leads. You know, we we do our thing. You know, and I can teach other people how to do that, which is frustrating because sometimes people don't want to listen, and they don't listen all the way into I'm too tired. I'm out of the gym business. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the burnout. The burnout's crazy. Patty, do you think part of this is, um, you know, they're just, uh, you guys say burnout. I, I, I'm telling you from what I see down here in South Florida is um, I see a lot of coaches that they don't want to do one-on-ones. <laughs> they, yep. want, they want to take the easy way out. You know, they, yep. some of them came from a personal training background and they don't want to do that anymore. So they just want to, put everybody in this class and they just want to, you know, just, it, it's, it's more, it's, to me, it's more of a boot camp than, than like a strength yeah. and conditioning type of uh, program, which I'm not going to lie, man. I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, I don't care what other people do. Um, I, know how I, run, I know how I run my program and I know that, 
if you come into my gym, I don't care who you are, you're going to you're going to lift weights. And you know, we we uh, obviously Orange Orange Theory started down by me. Uh, Orange Theory was actually a competitor of mine when we had a facility out in Fort Lauderdale, and we would trade back and forth. And it was it was just one location, and <clears throat> basically it spawned from uh, Lady Ellen's over here in uh, Davie, and Orange Theory spawned into you know a mainly rowing slash TRX slash uh, whatever treadmill, and it was cardio. So we would trade back and forth because uh, everybody knew of us as the crazy bastards that used to lift heavy um, and do CrossFit, and. Um, you know, we had some people that would leave us because they don't want to lift weights. And then we would have people that would come in and join us from hers, from Orange Theory, because they wanted to lift weights. They got sick of running on a treadmill or doing whatever. They wanted to actually start getting stronger. So um, my point is, you know, I, I, I just basically try to stick to a, a program where everybody's going to, you know, work on strength along with the conditioning and try to make it fun. So that way, you know, people learn. But, you know, as far as what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. And I, I learned mostly on my own. I didn't take any kind of business courses. I mean, I've, I came from a business background. I've owned a lot of businesses. I was actually a police officer for 26 years. I retired, but I always had businesses. And I'll tell you, I can tell you the craziest stories of some of the businesses I had from repossession car, you know, repossessing cars, and boats and you know, I've had security business, bodyguard businesses. I bodyguarded like some superstars and, um, you know, but I kind of knew the one-on-one on how to run a business effectively. And I realized, oh, I owned a restaurant. And I realized that just because you like to train, don't decide you're going to open up a gym because there's a lot more to it. You know what I mean? It's not about just being a good athlete. You know, there's, it's, it's you got to order yeah paper yeah. product you got to freaking pay insurance you got to pay payroll you got to you know rent and mortgage or whatever but well now yeah now you that, exactly now you're getting into the whole you know the whole thing where like we're over here assuming that everybody who has a crossfit or a functional fitness type gym or does personal training is in it as a profession and i think i know patty and the mad lab group i know that you know one of the taglines is you know professionalizing the coaching industry um yeah. Unfortunately, from what I see, uh, you know, a good majority um, are not interested in that whatsoever. No, no, they they want the easy way out, Mike. They want to be able to just say, okay, here's our classes, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and then we come back and we got a 5, 6, and 7 p.m. And they just want to put 30, 40 people in each class, have maybe one or two coaches that just run the group. They don't care about technique. They don't care about safety. Yeah, but how's that going to look? How's that going to look? Three, five, ten years down the road, Patty. I mean, well, I mean, there's, I, there's two, there's two. I, mean, I want to bring up both topics here. One you mentioned about boot camp, uh, Stephen, and the second one, hobby gym, right? Let me tackle the boot camp phenomenon. Why I think a lot of CrossFit gyms, CrossFit light, all this stuff, you know. And when I when I really looked at it and I studied a lot of a lot of them, and you know, if you're, and, and uh, I get this because we do we do with Pilates. I I actually. I'm a business coach and the user systems and Pilates and yoga, as I mentioned before, and our model works in any of them, but it works more potent with the more potent protocol. And I think what you're talking about, Stephen, is you got the most potent protocol in your gym, right? It's, it's potent. It's going to be more potent than yeah. 
boot camp or not having barbells and this kind of thing. But potency also comes at a level of uh, risk or ability to get hurt and stuff. So if you're, if you're trying to fire through volume and you're putting in more and more complex and more and more potent movements that have more and more potential for injury, um, you're probably going to take those things out, you know, because you can, they're, they actually stick around longer. It's, it's really weird. You know, if you have that, the, you know, group model, and you dumb down the product, the actual churn rate gets a little better. And they're starting to realize that. You know what I mean? Because CrossFit or functional fitness or whatever is just so potent that, you know, this, the movements aren't inherently potent. The, the method of delivery has been inherently potent. You know, has been inherently, sorry, that the movements are potent and not necessarily risky or injurious or dangerous or any of that stuff. But if you put five people into a brand new beginner class. I mean, and we know they do way more than that. And it's snatch day and they're untrained. I mean, that is a fucking recipe for disaster. You know, you got people doing kipping pull-ups and you got people in all states of affairs. They haven't been properly assessed, diagnosed, trained with all kinds of, uh, and not scaled. You need progressions to get there. You can't just scale the thing. You know, that's another thing that's crazy. You know, you need all that one-on-one to take something as potent. Now, we also are starting to work with golf academies. Now, you think about this, right? You guys, I know Mike's one of the shittiest golfers on the planet. I'm, oh, come I'm, on now. I'm, I've, started, I've been playing since I was a kid. But what they're doing now is they're starting to say, okay, you need 20 sessions one-on-one before you even go on the golf course. What do you think would happen to that, to that golfer, the whole state of golf? I mean, yeah. golf's in serious decline because it's just too hard. Right. You know what I mean? But if you actually get professional coaching from day one, before you went out and learned every bad habit you could, and then you can't erase it on the golf course. I mean, the Chinese are doing this for a whole year. They'll have someone in a fucking swing machine for a whole year, a kid, before you go on the golf course and learn all these bad habits. So he's got a technically perfect swing before he goes out in the golf course. So what I'm saying is here, the more technical or the more important it is, the more it needs one-on-one. You know, well, I agree, at- but, but then you run into that, you know, the problem, and this was one of the terms used early on in the CrossFit gym business model was low barrier to entry, right? So now you're talking about if you're doing one-on-one with somebody for 10, 20, 30 sessions or a Chinese golfer for a year, there's a cost associated with that. Right, right. So you need, I mean, you need to, basically you gotta be excellent and show your value. I mean, we don't have, our place is just full of regular middle-class people, middle-class, upper-middle-class people in 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 a city that's house poor, but I mean, it, it, it requires what, like Greg taught us from the beginning, it requires excellence. And what Stephen Bowser, what you just mentioned there, of the hobby gym, right? So the hobby gym is that, is a hobby. So, I mean, it just shows you to pay, you know, get a few level one or level two or level three or whatever, it doesn't really matter, coaches and pay them by the hour and then run that group class. Um, it doesn't take very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost anybody can do that. So how are you going to win the game that anybody can do? You can't because you're a commodity like everybody else. And if anybody can do it, then it's not going to work. You need to be doing something different, which is really hard. But once you learn how to do it, nobody can compete with you. That's the way, I mean, that's the way I play the game. Right. Yeah. There, there's a process too. And, and, you know, it's every day, you know, somebody new coming into uh, the fitness business, you know, I think they're just looking at, well, Hey, if I get a hundred members, paying $150 a month or $200 a month and my rent is X, I'm good, right? And right. so I think that's the thought process. 
And I can go and yeah, for sure. And I go into one more thing you brought up, which is pers- people that were personal trainers that don't want to do personal training. Listen, I, I, I can see that if you're sitting there with the same 20 clients for 10 years doing the yeah. same personal training, I mean, that dude, that sucks. That's not what I'm proposing at all. What I'm proposing is you maintain 50 or 60 clients, right? So you bring them in through personal training, you put them into a combination of group and personal training, or you can do, they could be running a marathon. All you're doing is seeing them once a week and supporting that. Like just whatever you're taking that, that client of yours through a life challenge, but it's done in a coach co-op where you're, I mean, my coaches don't, they coach seven group classes a week, six or seven group classes a week. And they're doing about 15 to 20 personal training sessions, either with existing clients or new ones and fundamentals. And it stays interesting. And if you look at the dollar per coach hour, like here's, here's the math It's simple. Um, my new coaches now, you know, they, they sell a membership that's $305 a month, right? So if you had 50 clients, right, just 50 people, and, you know, you're only seeing them once every six weeks probably, right? right. And then you're teaching your seven group classes a week just to maintain that. 50 people times $305 a month, right? You're generating $15,000 in gross revenue. That's more than the average class of the affiliate itself, just one coach. And this is my, this is my prototypical coach, right? 15,000 before they're doing any more fundamentals, right? right? And they get about about 44% of that, right? On average. Okay. You know, there's $6,700 a month that they take home and they're working an average of 25 to 28 hours a week, right? So 28 times 4.3, right? It's 120 hours a week. So 6,700, that's just maintaining those 50 clients divided by 120. The average you know, it's $57 an hour you're averaging, but in the group class, you're probably averaging $280 an hour or total, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, the numbers add up really quickly and they make sense really quickly. It's just different than what everybody's doing now. And and I don't know what it is. It's really hard. People think this is the way to do it. You know, it's like that old saying, just because it's true doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's right. Doesn't mean it's true. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what you're going to hear. If, if you present this, if you, you know, if you stood up in front of, you know, 50 gym owners, right. And you present and I know you have probably, right. And you present this at the end of your talk, every single gym owner is going to go, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't understand why we're not doing it. And then you ask them, are you going to go back to your gym and do it? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. Right. And so I mean, it depends. You know what? You're, you're about right. If I have a group of 50, I bet you'd be about seven people around around me. You know what I mean? Like I did one of these in San Diego. Ben Tim showed out uh, double barrel fitness, CrossFit double barrel. He's like a, he's an ex military guy and he's an, I love that bastard. Yeah. He's a great dude. Big, big fucking Jewish kid. Anyway, um, <laughs> he understands the model. He's taking it on. He's got like three, four coaches rolling, and he's only been in like less than two years. But he's in San Diego. That's a competitive market. He's in San Marcos, which is east. Right. It's, it's, it's the most, it's the biggest moosecock model. I mean, people are on Groupon everywhere. I mean, memberships are down to $120 a month and stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, really? Dude, it's really cheap there, you know. And he brought in seven gym owners from the area to hear me speak. Now, the fact that they would even come in is amazing. Like, how many how many CrossFit affiliates or whatever would go listen to another, go to another CrossFit affiliate thing to listen to this guy. He came in and I started talking and I basically said, okay, what are your problems with it? Like I said, everybody introduce yourself. 
I know we're almost out of time here, so I'll be quick. What, what are the problems you're seeing in the gym? And it all comes down to the same thing. There's churn. I'm losing coaches. I'm losing clients. And I can't keep a coach. And, you know, I mean, everybody's doing the, It's all the same problems. I need more leads or, you know, they can, maybe they haven't quite defined it. And then I go, what is your fundamentals program? And, it, and it's a direct correlation between the churn, average client value, and the, and the fundamentals program. You can actually should go out. I can go show the math on the board. And then, you know, I talked for about an hour and showed, you know, this is what's going on. This is how we should do it. And, you know, it's scary. But then they sat around for seven hours and talked. We sat around for seven hours. I had free drinks and Chick-fil-A. I'm like, <laughs> well, that'll do it every time. Right? Chick-fil-A and whiskey. Chick-fil-A and whiskey. And uh, we talked for seven hours and all seven joined. And they're still, they're all there. And that was in April or May. And they've all, they've all seen a 50%. Uh, hold on a minute. I'm going to check on one of them. It depends on the size of them. But the vast majority see a 50% increase and gross revenue and quadruple profit. I mean, we say quadruple profit, but there really was none before. Um, we normalize that the owner pays somehow. And then, you know, but they've 50% increase in profit quickly because they're fundamentally, well, and they yeah, get so way, exactly. way less clients, like probably one fifth the amount of clients coming in and they're making, you know, they're making three times as much money. Well, yeah, they're, are, they're doing that with the fundamentals in the beginning. Yeah. And that was one of the things that, uh, you know, CrossFit advertised itself as back in the day was, this is personal training in a group, right? Yeah. And uh, so if you're doing personal training in a group and they're not going to stay in it forever, um, you know, you could charge more money for it for sure. And uh, so what you're saying then is that that just by doing fundamentals only, you're going to get yeah. better client retention, better yep. relationships. Yep. Um, uh, you're going to decrease your churn rate and you're going to earn more money is that what you're that's exactly what i'm saying i mean if anybody listening here just if you whatever your fundamentals program in go just turn it into one-on-one -on -one, and if you can sell 10 sessions up front and do a really controlled really controlled experience it's one-on-one -on -one, you said tell sell sell 10 personal training sessions up front if you can learn to do that to get market rate then you're you're awesome if you got to okay, charge so five dollars an hour do it so right. you get awesome at it till then you can start charging. We, at Vancouver, we do like 895 bucks for 10 sessions and people come in the door, we close over 90% of that, you know, and we've been doing that for like 14, well, one year I didn't do it and almost went bankrupt, but basically for 14 years, yeah. we've been doing that. And even well, as the market heated up, even, even in guys in town, one guy, I was the only guy in town for quite a while, but um, you know, there was one guy came in did a group on and it was like eight sessions for 19 bucks. Right. One of the stupider guys in town. I mean, there well, some of them guys are already out of business and, you know, that place over there is churning through all their coaches. And I think the owners even changed in this one, yeah. but they sold 472 of those in 24 hours on Groupon or maybe it's eight hours and they had to shut it down. Right. right. Like who do you think got the phone calls? I mean, the next Monday we got 300 phone calls because they think they bought us. Yeah. Cause we've always yeah. been, we were 750 for 10 sessions then. And all but, of a sudden, I mean, that, that was, the 2000, you know, 2009 to like yeah. about maybe 2014 when yeah. all you basically had to do was uh, hang a shingle. And uh, I remember Greg Glassman called me and he said, uh, you know, hey, I'm just, <coughs> there's ulterior motive here. But uh, Greg called me on the phone. I just picked it up and he's like, hey, Mike, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, good. I didn't believe yeah. it was him. He asked, what could we do to help your gyms? And, uh, you know, I told him naively hey, get me more members, right? So we're talking 2009. And he said, what would you do? What would you do if 300 people showed up at your gym tomorrow? Right. And the answer is you'd be fucked. Right. Right. So, yeah. And so now we're talking about 
people aren't getting leads. That's why they're going outside. That's why they're looking for uh, marketing companies. That's why they're doing uh, the challenges and all that kind of stuff. So you're not getting 30, 40 leads a week or a month anymore. No. And so, you know, you're not, and so if you're, if you're really, if you're putting in five or 10 new people in your gym a month, doesn't it make sense to, if, if the leads are small, if your funnel is small, doesn't it make sense to do everything you can to hang on to those people? Yeah. And you know, it's just the law. Mike does exactly it. And it's just, you know, it's just, Stephen, I can explain it like this. It's just nature. You know, when someone comes into a training program as complex as functional fitness, CrossFit. I mean, you even look at yoga. Back then it was a yogi and you went on the mountain or whatever. But I mean, obviously our fitness and what you're doing, the more lifting, the more complex. But, you know, imagine the energy that they take out of you in the first two months. You know, training them up to be proficient at the snatch and clean and jerk and, and, you know, kipping pull up and deadlift and push press. And, you know, that takes a lot out of you. You know, That's where the burnout comes, right? Yeah, that's where the burnout comes. So if in nature, you need to be rewarded with energy has got to meet energy. So all that energy that you're given to that person in the first two months has to be rewarded in a form of money. You have to, you have to be rewarded for your time and energy because then it's just an energy deficit. And what we find is that people get burnt out after three, four, five, six, seven years, they're burnt out because of that energy deficit because the people in the first two months that came in and took all that energy out of you and, and you didn't, you didn't get rewarded for it. You weren't paid right. for it. So what I'm suggesting is every person comes in and they pay the energy that they're going to take out of you or more. And that's market more. dependent, right? Isn't would, would, yeah. would you agree? Or I mean, well, is shit, there well, some holes like holes like Florida? I mean, you got you can't charge $100 <laughs> an hour, right? What are they charging <laughs> down there, Stephen? What's your average? Like you're all around you. You've got like a million gyms around you. What's uh, their average monthly rate? Well, you know what? When I when I talk to some of the other owners they tell me that they're charging like 150 a month. But then when I get people coming in from those gyms to maybe switch over to us. Yeah. You ask they're, them. They're charging them like 125, 135. Oh yeah. The discounts are, the discounts are there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now, like my cheapest membership is 165 a month and that's if they do a six month commitment. Um, if they want to do a three month commitment, it's 185 a month. If they don't want to do a one, if they don't want to do a three month commitment, I tell them they're not going to be at my gym. You know, oh, yeah. are, you, are you, are you doing fundamentals? Steven? Are, are you doing a fundamentals type of program or how are you bringing people? Oh, hell yeah. Well, you know, and Patty, I, I was going to bring this up and you, you tell me what you think about this. Cause I'm listen. I, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you agree or you don't, but Here's, here's how I do it. And I've been doing this, honest to God, since the freaking beginning, man. And I've been doing this for 10 years, right? In order to join my gym, you have to do at least two one-on-ones, okay? And trust me, two one-on-ones is not enough. I get it. Um, what I do try to do is tell people, listen, the two one-on-ones is a quick crash course. I would rather... If your budget works, get you in here for at least a 10 or 20 second package, 20 session package. And what I tell them is if they do the 10 or 20, they're going to be a lot more advanced than most of the people that have already been in the class for a very long time that haven't done the 10 or 20 pack. The reason why I do the two one-on-ones is because I'm not going to lie to you, man. 
there's a lot of people that just they're not gonna they're not gonna join if they have to do 10 or 20 sessions they're just i'm just gonna let people walk out the door um I'm kind of okay with them to doing at least two because at least we have time to do a quick assessment. You know, I've been through all the OPEX courses on, on program design and assessment and all that other stuff. So I kind of put a quick um, little two day package together for my coaches or for me to run these people through. So we can kind of, you know, get an idea of, you know, flexibility issues, injuries, try to get to know them a little bit, try to, well, I mean, you're still coaching in the class, right there. I mean, you know, so, you know, I mean, there's some leeway here. Well, I, I would disagree. Uh, well, no, there is no leeway. If you want, okay. if you want to be excellent and the numbers prove it out, it's a simple equation. Okay. This equation is just like fucking gravity. It's like force times work is force times distance <laughs> over time. That is that simple. I like the way don't believe me, it. but it's that fucking simple. Here it is. Your fundamentals program, the more money you charge, Per session, the more sessions you do and the better to coach the student ratio, the better your average client value and your churn gets every single fucking day of the week. There is no question about it. That's it. The better your coach pay gets, the better your dollars per coach hour gets, the better your gross revenue gets, and the better your profit gets. Now, people shy away from it because I don't know how to sell 10 sessions or people are going to leave or, or people won't join me. That's the act of professionalization that yeah. you can show your value and have your message of value. And if this is your full-time job and this is what you're 100% committed to, it's not that hard to do. What I'm telling mm-hmm. you, Stephen, if you went from, if you just automatically said it's 10 instead of two, you'd figure out how to sell that. And, and tell you what, your, your, your referrals go way up from it too. If you're sitting there with someone in 15 or 20 personal training sessions, guess what? Dude, they're loving you. They're, it's like having 20 first dates. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're going to bring in all their friends and they're going to, they're going to get way more results to get their results, your ability to control their diet, your ability to control their, their attendance and their, your ability to get them results skyrockets. And then they go tell their fucking friends about it and everybody they work with and their family. And there's your, there's your marketing program. Agreed. Yeah. Done. Done. Well, but I mean, where are we on the timeline, Patty, then if you know, you put the whole uh, functional fitness world, this whole garage gym, this whole one owner, you know, one community thing that's supposedly going on. Where are we on the timeline from, hey, this is free, everybody just show up and we don't know what the hell we're doing, to professionalizing the fitness industry? Where are we on that timeline? I don't know, man. I think we're still pretty early days. You know what I mean? If I look at, you know, Mad Lab Group, we've got, I'd say we probably got 150 SEAL 1 gyms, maybe 140, who the owners at least understand it. Now we're trying to train the trainers, right? So, I mean, we as a group got to get better at giving all the tools to the owners and the trainers to to do that. But I mean, the first step is to admit you have a problem. It's kind of like our 12 step (laughs) thing we do. You know what I mean? Like, hi, my name is Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm addicted to the moose car. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, my mission has been, I've been, I went dark for a year and a half. After I wrote that article in breaking muscle, I just, I didn't want to hurt the CrossFit community. I didn't, wasn't anything against it. And, uh, you know, people got pretty mad at me for writing that thing. And I was just like, okay, I probably could have worded that better. My son was, I, I pressed send on that thing when my, when my wife was in labor, you know what I mean? And then I had fought, fought people off for like a month and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back in my gym and, and our network and take care of the gyms we got. And, you know, I probably sunk $300,000 in product development in the last year, year and a half, you know, so I can get better at delivering to our members the ability to train themselves and their coaches how to deliver what we just talked about. Right. Yeah. So, 
we're coming out with a whole new product here in two or three months where, you know, you know, Mike in your day, it was like, you're on the phone. You know, right? And then we had a, like a Dropbox with a bunch of, you know, PDFs and yeah. PowerPoints. And we had a, you know, generation one software and then that crashed all the time. Then we had a learning management system and then a, now the web hub. And so now it's a whole guided interactive thing that's we're coming out with it in a few months that obviously will allow us to, to reach more gyms. So I've been coming back out to tell our message because to be honest with you, I'm kind of shocked that the world hasn't changed and, and people aren't talking. I mean, it has changed a bit. I think people know they need to do personal training, but they think, Oh, I don't want to be a personal trainer. Like, our, our whole model is the world doesn't really quite understand it yet. You know, so yeah, I, I just want to on what the, what it is. That's one of the, one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on too, is because, you know, you have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge and what you're doing is working. Okay. And you're, and Thanks, honestly, man. you're, you're doing a grassroots type of thing and you're, you know, trying to build it as you go. And obviously that takes time. There are a lot of naysayers and I maybe, maybe that article did it right. You know, uh, when you press send, we've all done that, right? That late night Facebook post yeah. and you, in the morning, you wake up and go, oh shit, right? But uh, you know, I was, trying, some, I was trying to help the community, not right. hurt. It. And I Absolutely. guess maybe some of the marketing guys and the way they worded some of that stuff, it was there was some click value stuff. I get maybe I, I regret there actually, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just this is this is the message. You know, the message yeah. is we need to be independent. You know, right. right. I, and I, and this, you know, the whole, the bottom line is, you know, professionalizing the fitness yeah. industry. Right. And I mean, if you look at the, the state of the world, the, the health and fitness of, you know, the average American Canadian, you know, the Western person, we're, we're fucked. And uh, anybody who's stepping up their game and trying to make that happen, we need a way to do it. We need a system. We need a process. We need, you know, communication. We need knowledge. Yeah. And uh, I know you guys are providing that because I follow right along with you. Um, tell us, Patty, we're going to wrap this thing up yeah, here pretty soon, but I think we're over time. Yeah, we're at, we're okay. about, yeah, we're about an hour right now. So, okay. um, tell us how do we find you and the Mad Lab group and what should people do? Number one, if they want to fix their business. So give us that. Well, I mean, you can read uh, madlabgroup.com. It's an older website, but there's a lot of great stuff on there. We got a YouTube channel. If you want to learn along, if anybody wants to send me an email and just say, Hey, man, Patty, yeah. You know, I'm interested in it. Patty at madlabgroup.com, Patty with two T's. Um, on Facebook, it's Madlab Group. And, you know, we got we got nearly all the oldest affiliates in the world. The ones that are still around are mostly all in our group. And we don't really, I don't know why we haven't been telling that story. I mean, we haven't, I just, I don't know. We've been internal for a while. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, I guess if I was to say, you know, check out the eight laws, the R laws. If anybody can prove to me that those eight things, and you know, and one is, a controlled experience. Every client that comes in should have a controlled experience. And two is like fundamentals before one-on-one -on -one before group and then hybrid memberships. And then don't pay coaches by the hours. So you need to have a, a compensation model that compensates coaches for excellence. And you're incenting the right things, which is high average client value and retention. So the coaches need to be paid on that. Not an hour where they just come in and train the hour and leave. I mean, it, uh, the incentive is not right. You create a coach co-op so they never leave you and they, they all help each other. And then, um, you know, uh, you're trying to create a, at the end of the day, you're creating a sellable asset. You know, most of these gyms, the guys that got out of this got out of it by selling again, our metric that the banks loan money to, and we've had a bunch of our members sell their gyms to their coaches is four times profit plus value of assets, actually 3.8 times profit 
plus value of assets. And you know, we most you know most gyms out there are just being sold for value of assets. Yeah, fifty percent of assets. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my my gym doesn't need me. It is a sellable asset. I'm looking to sell a part of it to my GM and my top coach. And you know, we've been looking at that for a lot of years. But you know, if it's if net uh, positive cash flow is one hundred sixty thousand a year, you know, times four. 640 plus the value of assets has got to be at least a hundred. I mean, the website, I don't even know what that'd be worth, but I know they've, they've done improvements and, you know, so, I mean, that business is worth three quarters of a million dollars on paper that the bank business about bank of Canada's. Right. You'd have, you'd be hard pressed to find to. a uh, pretty much any typical yeah. gym right now. That's worth that. Even, even an orange theory. Yeah. Because I mean, if without the owner and a lot of marketing, the thing falls apart. Right. Right. Yep. That was a great conversation, Patty. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Uh, um, so once again, madlabgroup.com, Patty at... Yeah. Patty um, at madlabgroup.com. Madlabgroup.com. Yeah, just check it out, man. We're going to put all this yeah. in the show notes. So definitely, I'm definitely interested in learning more stuff from you, Patty. I appreciate your time. Um, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, I mean, if anybody was like interested in it, we could do a webinar and bring people on, ask questions or something like that. If you guys are interested in participating in any of that. But anyway, um, I really appreciate you guys giving me your time and, and I know how hard it is to run, run gyms guys. So Steven, you know, all, all fucking credit, man, to respect Mike, you've been a, a friend and a supporter for a long time. So awesome, man. Good. Hopefully there's a lot of good information on this podcast. Hopefully yeah. everybody listens. It's so. legit, man. It's just legitimate, real information that I can back up to help gym owners. Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll bring you back on next time. Thank you, Patty. Sounds Appreciate good. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, this concludes See our podcast, Underground Playground. Thanks, guys. <laughs>